When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better, from the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Kong. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. I got to do my math here. Episode 540 of Coach Unplugged. Today, we're going to talk with, with Coach Showalter, a USA basketball coach, youth director, guru for USA basketball. But before we jump into that, I'm sure, first of all, that they use a Dr. Dish or a shooting machine. So make sure you go over and check that out. Um, and mention Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $350 off for next purchase. Also, I can tell you, Coach Showalter's been, he was in Iowa, and is one of the world-renowned coaches for the for high school and youth level. I'm sure he did just didn't come to him like that. It took time, it took resources, and that's why I started teachhoops.com, because I have been where you have been, um, you know, struggling with practice plans, struggling with the pressure, struggling with what to do, looking for a mentor. Well, teachhoops.com is that mentor you're looking for. Come over and join us. Uh, 14 day free trial when it lasts. And let's head off to the podcast. Yeah, this is going to be a great one. You're going to you're going to want to get a pencil and paper out. We're, we're, we're discussing, we're talking with Don Showalter today, the national director for the coach development at USA Basketball. He's won who knows how many gold medals with uh, the U16, U17 teams. And um, it's going to be a great one. So go over and check it out. I, I guarantee you're not going to be disappointed with the things that you're going to learn um, over the next you know, hour or so. And here's Don. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, today, I, am, I, am, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm so excited. We have Don Showalter on. Um, it, it, Google it is what I'm telling you. Don is a... Hall of Fame coach, um, coach for, geez, my guess is over 40 years in Iowa, is the director of um, coach development at USA Basketball. I have, I have followed Don from afar, so um, I figured I would reach out to try to get him on Coach Unplugged, and I got a response, a great response, so I'm so excited. Um, welcome, Don Showalt. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. And uh, it's a great opportunity for uh, 
for me to to uh, you know, be with you and, and talk basketball, which I love to do. Oh, I love to do it too. So why don't you give us a little bit? You have you have a you have a great career for someone that's coached someone for someone that's coached thirty years in high school basketball. Why don't you go through your kind of your basketball journey for the listeners a little bit? Yeah, you know, right out of uh, I went to a, a Division three uh, college in Iowa, Warburg College, and uh, you know, I think too many, uh, too many, too many players uh, nowadays think that they can't go Division one or uh, it's not worth. You know, they don't want to. They want to put in the time and effort, but I had a great experience in Division Three. Loved every minute of it. Played for a Hall of Fame coach at uh, at Wilbur College. Uh, right after graduation, I took a head job at a, at a very very small high school in Iowa. And uh, you know, at that we always think we know everything coming out of college. And there's <laughs> going to be things where you you take a job and you're going to turn turn that that job around immediately because you're you know you know everything you just play college basketball and uh, it's not quite as easy as as that and I think my path you know, I always I my path started out being a division one uh, head coach basketball and I wanted right. to, that was a path I wanted to take um, but but the longer I was in high school uh, I think my my goals changed a little bit so I, you know, family was important to me. So, um, as I longer I was in high school, the, the really the more I really enjoyed it. And to tell you the truth, a lot of my buddies uh, went to went to the college route, and uh, now they're selling insurance, which I right. which I did not want to. Do. Um, <laughs> I you yeah, know that, go, go going back to what you were saying. First of all, I played Division three. I think kids get too caught up in the numbers sometimes. Some of my best friends, some of my best friends, are some of my college teammates and roommates and um and uh and and the journey sounds so familiar in the sense that you know i that was my goal too and i had some some opportunities but i think the game is pure it's at the high school level um it's kids growing up playing together as all the way through elementary middle school high school you know i tell i tell my boys all the time it's it's the only time in your life that you're going to be playing with your friends kids yep. in college other they're going to become your friends but you didn't grow up with them and it's a four year stint. These are guys you, you know, you, you were in kindergarten with and you get to yeah. play. And if that's what yeah. it's such a unique, um, such a unique journey. So yeah. you, 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 you coached, I know you were in, you were in Iowa. Where were you at the end of? Um, yeah, I coached actually 42 years of high school basketball. Okay. And uh, I was at four different schools. Uh, one of them was my alma mater for 28 years which I thought would never, ever happen. I didn't right. want to go back to my alma mater to start to <laughs> begin with. But, you know, things change. And uh, I had a great, really great career there. It was, it was uh, we had a tremendous, some tremendous teams, some state tournament teams and championships and all that. And then I ended up at Iowa City High um, the last the last several years, the last uh, four years of my coaching career. And that was a really good, great experience because it was a school that was fabulous, uh, tradition of athletics, but their boys basketball program was not very good at all. And right. I think they wanted somebody with a little more gray hair to come in and kind of <laughs> kind of change that culture around. A right. Very diverse school. Um, so that was a great experience. I loved every minute of that. Uh, we really, uh, we, you know, four years we had to change the youth programs. We had to, you know, I, I, I tell that story all the time with my 
uh, when I'm on the circuit with USA Basketball talking about youth programs is that if your youth programs aren't very good in your high school, you're not going to be very good at the high school level. So our youth programs, we changed that completely around and, and got things going there. And uh, it really helped our high school program out. So uh, that was after 42 years. I had done some work with USA Basketball before that, but this job opened up then on a full-time basis. And I, it was just a really a good timing uh, timing for me to, to step away from, from high school after 42 years and, and uh, take this position. I think, I think a lot of people listening, too, it's like, so I know the program I took over had had like five winning seasons in 30 years. And the first thing we did was the youth program because that's your, that's your foundation. I, I refer to it as like your minor leagues. It's your triple a, it's your, you know, um, and you got to put, and it's like, it's like starting a business. It's not going to, you're not going to be McDonald's overnight. You're going to, it's going to take time to develop the brand. It's going to take time for kids to play. Um, and, I, you know, I worry, I worry a couple things that we're, we're in a society right now where we want things to happen fast and it's not going to necessarily always happen fast. Um, and I, and I'm not always sure that administrate that people are patient enough to, it, it takes time. It definitely takes time. Um, so tell us a little bit more about USA basketball. Cause I think what you're doing with USA basketball is exactly what USA basketball needed. I'm, I'm so excited for our, for our country and what you're doing in the sense that I think it's um, AAU and some of those things maybe got a little bit out of hand. And I think USA basketball and youth division and all that stuff and the clinics you guys are running all over the country are exactly what our, what our country needs. But if you could talk about that a little bit more, that'd be great. Three years ago, uh, actually longer than that, uh, USA basketball is uh, kind of an umbrella over the NCAA, the NBA, the AAU, uh, uh, the National Junior College uh, High School Association. So uh, not that we govern anything, but we're just kind of, a, they're part of us. And so uh, uh, probably 10 years ago, um, NCAA and, and the NBA came up with the iHoops. I don't know if you remember iHoops. I do, I do, I do. Yeah, that was uh, kind of the initiative, the first initiative to really start the process of youth basketball transition in the country. Well, uh, there wasn't, they put a lot of money into it, but there wasn't uh, really enough initiative behind it to, to make much of a difference. Right. So after uh, five years, the uh, NCAA and the NBA came to the USA basketball and said, take over youth basketball. Uh, we think that's the best thing for, for what's going on in the country. So uh, three, three years ago, three and a half years ago, uh, we started our youth youth division with USA Basketball. Uh, previously, everybody everybody knows about the national team division, right? With the team and, <laughs> and Coach K, know, what Coach K has done and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And then I, I coached the I actually coached the U sixteen and U seventeen national team, which is our younger team. But that's I know. That's I, mean, kind I, mean, of, I mean, I mean, and you you've gotten. I mean, what basketball is giving you is unbelievable. The number of times you've been gotten gold medals. Now it's you six yeah, and you seventeen, right? You've traveled all over the yeah, world, probably. Yeah. Right, been very fortunate uh, to be able to coach those elite players before they get to the NBA. Now many of them are in the NBA and uh, number one draft picks and all that. Right, that's a completely different division than what we're in. So our youth division, then now Jay Demings is our director of our youth division, has a great vision, and uh, and so in that process, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw in this: is that you know. We we're starting after about 40 years of sometimes bad basketball. You know, we're right. not starting from 
from a ground level. You know, like soccer comes in our country and they can start from really from ground zero. Right. There isn't really wasn't soccer here before. Right. Uh, which a lot of our other sports. So we we're starting 40 years into it. Right. And uh, so, so, so one of the main things is that we, we now have a, uh, have a basketball, uh, USA basketball license, which coaches have to get if they're coaching in the live period, uh, which is a uh, live period means if college coaches can come to, come to a tournament, come to a, uh, and watch uh, players play like in the Nike, Under Armour, Adidas circuit, then those coaches that coach those teams have to have a USA basketball license. Previously, it used to be with NCAA. Uh, that was all turned over to us. So the license procedure has really been big for us. We have about 30,000, 25 to 30,000 coaches now that are licensed, uh, which, which includes a background check, a safe sport thing. Uh, the background check's updated every 30 days. Uh, by the way, so that's really a big thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, so I, 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 you can count me in that list because I'm coaching my yeah. son's U team. So yeah. it's great. It's a great program. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And then part of that, part of that initiative then was we we put on academies around the country where coaches can come uh, to a live academy and uh, a clinic. We call it academies, but they're actually clinics where I bring in speakers. They speak at the clinics, such as you know Jay Wright comes in. You know, Popovich will come in and speak. Brad Stevens, a lot of Division One coaches. We have high school coaches that speak at it. Youth coaches. So we gear it toward uh, coaches that uh, need their license. They'll come and get their license. And so after that, the academy's over with, then they can plug in and get their background check and receive a license. So that's been a really big initiative for us as well. We just had one in L.A. this past weekend. We had one in Boston, New York, coming up in May. And then throughout the fall. So those have been huge. We have regional camps going on around the country that we'll, where we'll go in for a, a weekend. And, and part of it is uh, we also develop coaches, how to coach young kids. You know, there's too many, too many coaches that have played at maybe at a high level or too many coaches who are dads really don't know how to coach an eight-year-old team or a nine-year-old. So we, give, we go through the process of, you know, here's the best way to, to develop, organize that young youth team uh, to get the skills. And uh, we want kids to stay in the game. We want right. kids to love the game. Uh, we want to give them a safe environment. So uh, that's been our, uh, been our initiative at the youth level. So it, it, and, and it's, I, I've taught for, I'm a math teacher, so I've taught for, you know, 30 plus years. It's the same principle in the sense that you have to, you know, you have to teach them, you got to teach them the basics before they can, you know, do the calculus. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, and our curriculum, um, coaches that have our license can go online and look at our curriculum and our curriculum based is a progressive coaching level. So, you know, we have four different levels we have in our curriculum. We have the introductory level for very young players, the foundational level for uh, junior high age type players. We have then the advanced, which is, more the high school player and then the performance level, which is uh, the really the, the good high school, maybe more elite team, and then the college level. So in our curriculum, coaches can go on that and look at, all right, I'm coaching a seven-year-old team. Here's the introductory level. Here's the drills that should be done at that introductory level. Here's how we should coach the, those kids. So it's a progressive type of teaching as opposed to, you know, let's, 
let's roll out the ball at eight year olds and start playing five on five, which right. they have no clue what's going on. In fact, we really discourage that level playing five on five a lot. We we like we love our three on three type of of thing. So so that's our curriculum in kind of in a nutshell. But that's been uh, really a popular thing for us. We have uh, coaches that are calling with a lot of questions about you know how do I how do I develop the curriculum in my team and those kind of things. So you can go on, click on a, click on a drill, and we'll show it on a, uh, show it on the screen. And um, it, it's really a, a progressive type of thing where you start with the with the footwork and then you move up. And um, uh, that's been a that's been one of our signature things. I think is our is our curriculum uh, to go along with that uh, license. Right, and, I, and, and going back to what you're saying, I think the game is really, to be taught three-on-three three is perfect, even especially at yeah. the younger ages. Um, Absolutely. I just think that's the way the game should be taught at the younger ages. Um, yeah. You know, even, uh, you know, we, right now we have a, uh, FIBA, which is the governing body, international governing body, has a three-on-three three initiative. And so we actually have a national three-on-three three tournament uh, for – under 18s and open division. And, and uh, we're looking that it's going to be a, probably a, a Olympic sport uh, in, in uh, Japan in 2020. If it's not a sport, it'll certainly be a, a demonstration sport. Uh, very, it's a very fast-paced game. We actually have tournaments around the country, three-on-three tournaments, uh, and then they send the winners to Colorado Springs for the national tournament. But three-on-three is a tremendous way to teach the game. Uh, kids learn how to play out of three-on-three three, uh, as opposed to five-on-five, five, especially the young age. We think that's really a – Well, a, I think – I think the, the, what I do – I even do that in my tryouts some because the thing is you can't hide three-on-three. Three. You know, you can hide a little bit five-on-five five and not touch the ball and not have to defend and not have to do those things. And when you're playing three on three, you can't hop um, defensively or offensively. And you just, it, learned, it teaches you how to play the game uh, much more effectively in a three on three type of situation than it does a five on five. Right. I, I think it that's, does. again, that's part of, you made a good point because that's part of a progressive teaching. Start with that three on three type of thing as far as movement, cutting, and then you build up to your four on four, five on five type of things. And, and I think you're right. I mean, a, a lot of coaches are, you know, they're dads and they played and, you know, yeah. they think about, they think back to when they played. Well, the way you played, first of all, it's probably changed. Second of all, you, you know, when you, what you remember is when you were older, not when you were nine years old and right. know, they're trying to put in three different offenses and do two. To, it's like, they, they got to be able to dribble the ball. They got to be able to pass the ball, you know, all those kind of things. Um, yeah. Before you get to the difficult stuff. And sometimes I think they jump the, they jump the steps. Um, and that's yeah. what I think it's great. What you're doing is like, you know, you're breaking it down. Here's the steps. Here's the, here's what you need to do at a younger age. Um, Cause that's how you're going to become a better player. Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. A couple things. First of all, we would love if you would leave a review, subscribe and like those are nice. Um, we'd also love if you came over and joined teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I promise you, you'll probably get an email with, from me in a, in a video welcoming you within 24 hours. Also, if you're um, wanting to help us with hosting fees and those things, and it doesn't cost you anything, you can go down below and uh, hit our um, affiliate link for Amazon. Every time you go shopping on Amazon, we'll get a small little commission. Um, 
So that's really easy to do. Also make sure, and I don't mention this a lot, make sure you go over and check out our YouTube channel, Teach Hoops. We put, there's thousands of videos over there to kind of help you become a better basketball coach. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Um, all right, some questions. So if you could only do three things at practice, what would you, what would they be? If you could only coach three things at a, at a practice, what would they be? Yeah, I get that question asked a lot of times. First of all, it would be spend some time with footwork, uh, pivoting, just simple footwork drills. Uh, uh, pivoting, you know, uh, you watch the really good players and they have great footwork. Right. Whether it's around the basket, whether it's out on the court. But their, their footwork is, is uh, you know, you, uh, elite players like LeBron, uh, LeBron James or Steph Curry have really, really good footwork. So – we spend a lot of time in practice. We do spend a lot of time in practice, even with our U16 team on uh, pivoting drills, dribble pivot, front pivots, reverse pivots, understanding, uh, you know, how to get out of traps with the pivots, those kind of things. So I think footwork uh, is, is huge. I worked Coach John Wood's camps for many, many years. And, you know, he was the epitome of footwork and balance. He always talked about balance and footwork and, and uh, so as a young player, especially seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year olds, I think that's really important in a practice. Right. Uh, it's a little important as you get older too, but I think that's where you initiate that footwork type of uh, drills and, and show them how that can be effective in their game. And then the second thing uh, we, we, I think you need to spend a lot of time on is, is passing and receiving. You know, the, the best teams are the best passing teams. They, they pass the ball well, pass off the move. They can pass. Uh, they can catch the ball off the move. Uh, and so young players need to spend you need to spend a lot of time with the passing and receiving. And, and not just, you know, not just two-handed chest passes. We're talking passing off the move. We're talking push passes, step-out passes around defense. So teach them how to, to angles to pass. All those kind of things, I think, is really important. Um, and then the third thing I think you teach, obviously, is shooting. I think our, our we have we realistically, you look at all levels, and, and um, we're we're looking at our U16 team coming up. And uh, right now, um, you know, I kind of go out on the circuits and look for players, and there are very few what I would call outstanding shooters. Uh, we have a lot of scores who can kind of get to the basket and they have a good mid-range game, but just flat out shooting. You know, the first first team I had was Brad Beal, and Brad Beal could right. he was a shooter. He could really stroke it. Right. But there, those are there. You just don't find those as much anymore. And why do you uh, think that is? I have a theory on this. Why do you think that yeah, is? Yeah. Well, that's 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 a great question because I had a chance to visit with Steph Curry a couple years ago during the national team workouts and. You know, I asked him that. I said, you know, why why do you think there's just not more better shooters in the league and coming up? And his answer was interesting. He said he thinks kids just get bored shooting. They're not putting enough time at it. You know, it's just kind of like, well, go on and shoot 10 shots and I want to move on to something else. So sometimes I think they have to really kind of overcome the, the one-ons just by themselves shooting the basketball to get better. And he, didn't, he just didn't feel that uh, – Young players or players spend enough time on it to they got bored with with shooting shooting the basketball more than they did uh, you know they wanted to play games as opposed to just go out and and shoot so I thought that was an interesting answer yeah I think a lot of it too is uh, at a young age you need to cheat they need, they need to know the proper 
the proper form technique, and then uh, they can develop on that. I know. I mean, I, there, there's a couple things. First of all, I think probably kids at the younger ages are playing too many games. They're not working on their skills. Absolutely. But, I mean, if, if I had, that would be my thing. But anyway, I didn't let my son shoot. He's a freshman now. I didn't let him shoot a three-pointer until he was in seventh grade because yep. he wasn't strong enough. So, I'm, yep. you know, I'm still going to have to tweak it some, but, you know, and, and part of shooting, I, I, tell, I tell kids in our program, and when I go and talk, it's like shooting is like lifting weights. If you want to get strong, you have to lift weights. If you want to become a shooter, you have to shoot. If you want to become a shooter, you have to shoot. And, yeah. and, then, and then everybody can become a shooter. You, you don't necessarily become a scorer. But everybody, if you put in the shot, if you put in the shots, it's a math teacher in me. If you put enough shots up, it's muscle memory, you'll be a shooter. You might not be able to score because you might not be able to dribble or attack or, right. or do those things. You'll be able to shoot the ball if you put enough shots in. Um, form, form just what form does is form allows you to take maybe less shots. If your form is horrible, like I don't know, you can think of any guys. You're old enough. Jamal Wilkes had that weird form for the right. Life. Yeah. But he shot so many shots, he could still hit it. Um, right. It just he probably had to shoot more than the average person. So it's the math teacher in me. Um, yeah. But it's like, you're right. I mean, I, I think there's two things. I think when we were kids, we went outside and played more. Yep. Um, and that's the way I relaxed. I went outside and I shot baskets when I was a kid. Yep. You know, that's how I relaxed. That's how I kind of um, – but – and I think I, – I, and I love that you said passing. I think passing is a lost art. Um, yeah, it is. The great players can pass the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have a knack for it. Um, you know, you, you made a great point uh steve about kids playing too many games yeah <laughs> uh, you know the, what, what happens is and, and there's nothing wrong with playing some games but when when you think you're going to get better by playing only playing games i think you're really you're you're, you're you, you don't have the proper uh attitude about far skill development right and, and uh you know you talk about a, a shooter during a game you know, maybe, may take 10 shots. Right. Unless you have, you know, unless you're one of the guys who has the, the green light to shoot every time. But, you know, you take 10 shots during a game, you're only taking, you know, 50 or 60 shots and you're not going to get better. No. So you have to spend time outside of that game process on, on your skill, on your skill development. And, and sometimes I think that's a kind of a little bit lost. I know there's a lot of, guys that are skill development trainers or whatever uh and you know they they have all these different drills but flat out shooting the basketball is really important and getting up repetitions and there's really two parts to the shooting part we i call it i call it, you, you the, the, you shoot from the waist up is all your form form right. shoot you know your elbow in you follow through um you know those kind of things and then you're the from the waist down is your footwork. That's how you learn how to score. Uh, so you have to spend time on your technique because that carries over to your game situation because in a game you're not going to think about, let's say I got my elbow in and I'm following through and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's going to become, like you said, a muscle memory reflex. So you've done it enough that in a game situation, then you become – the only thing you're thinking about is making a shot. You're not thinking about your form. Right. Shooting is – I mean, shooting is is, is – uh, complicated skill from the standpoint that there are a lot of moving parts to it. It's like a golf and swing. Want, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And my golf swing needs a lot of work too. But. <laughs> you know what? I, I always tell people, uh, um, I used to fish, I used to hunt, I used to golf, and then I became a basketball coach. So those three, those yeah. things, because you can't do both. Yeah. No, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot do both. Um, so, uh, you know, and this goes back to all these kids. So, you know, I've, I've had my fair share of Division One players, NBA guys, blah, blah, blah. Does it, that doesn't matter. The thing is, so this year in Wisconsin, we had 5,000 high school starting spots or seniors, 5,000 seniors, I think it was, I, I read. And we had 20 Division One scholarships. So all these kids going out in the April open window and the July open window, it's great. Don't get me wrong. My son does it. But yep. scholarships, it's, it's like 0. .00 some percent that are getting the scholarships. Uh, <laughs> you know, don't, you, you got to work on your skill set if you want to play at any level. Um, yeah. sometimes I think everyone's change, chasing that pot of gold, um, at the end of the rainbow. And it's like, well, don't, don't, first of all, don't forget about the journey. This is about playing with your friends and having fun and working yeah. on skills. Um, I think sometimes this AU and the summer stuff and all this circuit is, it gets overwhelming. I think it does yeah. for the kids. Yeah. Um, and I think it's overwhelming for the, for the parents as yes. well. You know, yes. they're, uh, I think the parents are chasing a dream that maybe the kid doesn't have. Right. <laughs> doesn't have. Uh, unfortunately, we see that a lot with uh, with a lot of our youth elite uh, elite players with U16. Is that you know the parents are chasing that dream and it may not be the dream that the player has. Usually, most kids are playing. Well, we find out and we know this for a fact that kids play. The number one reason they play basketball is for fun. Right. <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, it's not because they're trying to get a college scholarship, although no. that might be the end result of it, but they just, they're playing for fun. Basketball is a fun game to play. Right. And the, the adults, we take the coaches, whatever, take the fun out of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I always tell our, our academy, somebody, somebody instilled the love of a game to, to, to us. Right. Uh, you know, I look back at my career and, you know, my high school coach was, my, my dad was very, he was very hands off, but he certainly allowed me to, to develop my love of the game. And then my, I had some great coaches. So I'm saying if a seven year old comes out and, you know, his, his coach yells at him for every mistake he makes and, and is, is a negative, he's, he's going to hate basketball. Right. He's not going to play it when he's 10. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's a great, it, it, it's a, it, there's, I, I teach I, every day in my class, I talk about a life lesson and the life lesson for basketball is it's not about it, the game's great. Don't get me wrong. I've right. coached, I coach volleyball. I've coached, I've called coach youth bait. There's nothing like basketball. It's a fast moving, you know, coaches are involved every, you know, you don't have all this time between pitches like you do in baseball. It's just, it's a great sport, but what it teaches you about life and being a teammate and being part of something bigger than you and all the thing, all the life lessons that you yeah. learn, uh, you know, that's why I do it. It's, 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 it's those faces. It's the, yeah. it's the fun that you see every day. Um, so going back to some questions, if you could, if you go back to yourself as a younger coach, what would you, uh, what would you say to yourself? I just, uh, uh, again, great question. Cause I just had, uh, um, another guy wanted me to write an article on what I would do as a younger coach. Well, I, I think first of all, you know, you, I look back on, on, uh, on that. I, I spent a lot of time going to clinics and really trying to improve my craft. Yeah. I think coaches today just don't do that. You know, nope. they, they, you know, and, and nothing, there's nothing wrong with going to the, going to YouTube and seeing drills, but 
you need that. You know, I, I got to where I was today because I went and met people uh, and networked at, at clinics and at camps. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's been lost uh, with our young coaches. Today. I do so, too. And, and, and interrupt for a second. I think the thing about those clinics and um, is, is, it's great. It's all that stuff you learn. You know, I, I go listen to you and I pick up a couple things that I'm going to add. I'm not going to pick up 80 things. I'm going to pick up a couple things. It's right. the interaction with the coaches that I'm sitting next to. It's the interaction yeah. with my staff. It's all of that stuff where, okay, we see stuff and then we come back and go, Hey, we should think about this. And that's where, you know, you get the piece of paper out or the whiteboard and you start doing it, or you're talking to another coach in the hotel and it's all that networking. It's all those interactions. I think that make you think about your craft. No, no question. And I, I really doubt whether I'd have been part of USA basketball had I not done those things as a young coach, uh, because a lot of those people I met along the way were, were people that you know, went on to do, to do other things and then gave me an opportunity. So, you know, I think as a young coach, that would be my one, one of my recommendations. Although I think I probably did that as a young coach. You know, some of the things I think else that would enter into, I think I would, I would spend probably uh, as a high school coach, uh, I would spend more time on special situations, out-of-bounds plays, you know, last-second shots. As a young coach, I didn't probably do that enough. I think that's one of the things I would spend more time on. I would probably have, I'd also spend probably more time on, um, I think I did a good job of it, but not a great job as a young coach. I think I might did a much better job as I coach is, is really develop uh, a, a relationship, a bonding with, with your team players, whether it be, you know, they, they, they got to see the coach off the court <laughs> as somebody who is, He's really, we're different people. When we go off the court, we're, we're coaches on the court, but when we go off the court, we're probably different people. And I think, I think players need to see uh, the coach in a, in a kind of different lights. You know, you go, go bowling with them. You take them to ball games. You take your, do, do a lot of stuff with your teams. I think that really develops a tremendous bond. And, and then they're much more coachable. They allow you to coach them uh, probably in a much better way. Right. I did some of that as a young coach. I didn't realize how important that was uh, until I got to be an old uh, coach that coached uh, quite a few years. So I think right. that's and I one. think probably your USA basketball showed that. And and there's a couple of things I do with my program. Part of the reason our, our winning percentage from the from you know January on is so good because um, we we always go on a trip. We always go somewhere. Like last year we went to Florida. We always go on a trip. And that's yep. kind of our retreat where they can kind of see me in a different light. But yep. the off season part, it's crazy. Like I, I would say, and again, as an older coach, about seven years ago, I stopped coaching them in the summer. Yep. Um, it, I let my assistants do it. I let everyone else do it yep. because that's my, that's my time to build relationships with them. That's for that for them to see me in it. Like you said, in a totally different light. So yep. that when we got to go to battle that they, you know, we're all in the same foxhole basically. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I think that's a great point. So uh, I would, I would probably also, you know, later on in my career, I used to make home visits. I made home visits with our players because uh, I wanted to see them and I wanted to see their parents in their home. That's uh, Put them in their turf a little bit, uh, kind of so they could understand where I'm coming from. Uh, and so by doing that, we get a lot better buy-in from uh, the parents. Uh, they would kind of understand a little more of what we were doing. 
Um, I wouldn't do it every year because we have, you know, the same kids about every other year. Right. Uh, so, you know, too, I think too many young coaches are fearful of talking to parents or <laughs> getting involved. And, and in some cases, rightfully so. But yes. I think, okay, as you know, we, we can't, as, as coaches, we have to, they're part of our program. We have to embrace the parents in a program and they're not always going to agree with us. We're not going to agree with them, but I think we have to make some initial steps to get them involved with what we're doing and buy into our program. You know, you, you have a, if you have a complete buy-in, which I think is getting harder and harder to do at the high school level, you have to have the buy-in from uh, the players, which sometimes is a little bit easier than, than the parents. Uh, But but you have the buy-in from the parents and the players, you got a special team and and you can really do a lot of things. You, You do. You do. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, we're all part of that, that community. If, if everyone's on the same, I can go back to all the, my great teams when, when everyone's on the same page, it's special. Yeah. Special. It really is. Um, so, so I think as a young coach, I would have probably reached out a little more, you know, uh, to the two parents and, and not say that they're, you know, not include them as opposed to exclude them. I think that's really a, a valuable thing. Uh, as I learned, as I got, uh, as I went on in my coaching career. Okay. So if you could, if you could describe your like coaching philosophy in a paragraph, how would you do that? Well, you're asking some tough questions here, Steve. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Uh, you know, I think my coaching philosophy is built on relationships uh, first. Um, and then I, I think it's, it's built on uh, uh, teaching the game as opposed to, so I think my one of my phrases is basketball is overcoached and undertaught. And Ooh. sometimes I say that again. I love that. Say that again. Uh, basketball that. is overcoached and undertaught. It is. So I think coaches we try we think we're coaching a lot, but we're we're not really teaching the game. You know, we have all these sets that we're going to run and all the <laughs> you know the fancy things that we try and do, but we're really not teaching the game uh, well enough to to perform at a high level. So I think. You know, that, that's uh, philosophy-wise, I'm really – and that's, I think that's one of the things I never really got into the college game is because once you get in the college game, you know, you have to recruit, you have to do everything else, but you don't really get to teach the game. And I, I love to be on the court teaching right. the game. And I think Bobby um, Knight said that first. We're all teachers first. Yeah, um, right. You know, if, if you're a good coach, you're a teacher first. Yeah. You have to teach John Wooden said that. Yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you have to. Um, yeah. So – if you could, all right, next one. So if you could, um, if you could talk to one coach for one hour, living or dead, who would it be and why? Well, I'll, I'll go back to, to working John Wooden's camps for over 20 years. Uh, you know, we had great conversations with, with coach Wooden. Um, uh, you know, and I don't, we, we came to be really, really good friends and real close friends, uh, over those 20 year period. Um, but we, we, you know, we would talk about everything from, uh, you know, how to run a practice to uh, how to, you know, work with your best player, how to motivate uh, players. So, you know, he really, he was, he was really my mentor as I got through the first 10 years of my coaching on to the end. He was probably really my mentor as far as uh, the way I did things and the way I conduct, conducted myself or, uh, on and off the court. He had a huge influence uh, on me. And I, you know, I think a lot of other people are, you know, and you raise a great question because I think young coaches, you better have a mentor. 
Yep. Uh, you better have a mentor, uh, even even older coaches. You know who is who is really your mentor that you can not necessarily pattern yourself off of, but that you can look to and and uh, you know ask questions and and you know without uh, you know they've been through it. And, you right. Know, met your mentor has been through the things before, so they're going to give you some good information. And I, I don't see that as much now where coaches don't have as many doesn't seem like they have a, a mentor that they can really lean on for for things right it's your circle it's your circle of trust it's your guys yeah. that you can hey come watch me practice or just come watch my game and tell me what you yeah. see you know it's I, like, I yeah i've had great mentors i mean if you it, it's it, and it's the same in in the classroom if you if you have someone hey yeah. i tried this today and it didn't work it's the same principle it's like i tried this offense and it obviously didn't work yeah. Um, it's the same. I think you, 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 you made one really good, uh, the word trust. When you said that, that really, to me, that's the most important, I call it standards. We have some standards that we, we go by. We don't have rules. We have right. standards that we try to pull. And when you said the word trust, I think that, you know, you, you trust people to, to help you out and, and you trust your teammates and that trust factor goes a long way. In, in helping you become a better coach. And, uh, you know, it's like anything else. Your, your players have to be coachable. The coach has to be coachable. You know, right. I'm going to open myself up a little bit to another coach giving me some information. You know, I have to be coachable with it. It's not because we, you know, if we stop learning, then we're done. We're done. And, uh, we're done. When I, when I, when I, when I, when I don't want to walk into that gym or I, yeah. I'm not as excited as I was when I was 25, I'm done. And then when yeah. I don't want to learn, I'm done. You know, that's, yeah. um, so do you have any superstitions? <sighs> oh, I don't know if I'd call them superstitions, but, but yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, we, I think as coaches, we all kind of have, uh, you know, the way we do things, uh, yep. kind of super, I, I, I kind of just referred to it as I don't, I don't, I don't want to take chances. So I'm going to do it this way every time. <laughs> and I tell, and I tell my boys, it's like, I have tons of superstitions. I go, it's not about the superstition. It's about the routine. It's like your free throw routine. The superstition yeah. is about me, you know, me wearing my suit for the game or a tie for the, it's, it's, that's just my routine. It's a superstition. Yes. We're not, if I don't do it, we're not going to lose because of that. But it's it's the mental superstition. It's the routine right. that you're getting yourself into to prepare, yeah. basically. Um, and I, I think part of that's I think part of that's under the term of culture, you're right? Yeah, culture. You know, like this here's how you do things off the court. It's kind of part of your culture of your team. Yep, and the yeah. culture of your program. I mean, that's I think that's a huge part of it. Is, is that 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 culture that you build, you know, yep. from the youth level up. Um, yeah. Okay, if you could do one offense and one defense for a game, what would it be and why? Uh, are you talking high school level? or? Yeah, let's do high school level. High school. One thing I like about coaching uh, USA basketball is yeah, we, we do FIBA rules, which are 24-second right. shot clock. So uh, the timeouts are a little different because players can't call timeouts. you got to call them from the bench and not a live ball. I always said those, those, those two rules made me a better coach. I'd have my team better prepared. Because you can't run the clock down to ten seconds and have your point guard call a timeout instead of a play. Right. So you had to be you had to be very very conscious of you know having your team prepared. So in situations they're going to have to be able to be able to do it on the court themselves. And um, many times you'll hear me say in practice, 
sometimes you just have to figure it out. I, that's part of the over, you know, overcoaching under top type of yep. thing where sometimes we try and we try and coach everything. And I still see that a lot. AU level, the travel team level, the high school level, where they were trying to coach every play. You can't coach every play. No. Let your players teach it and let your players play. play it's like a so, symphony. What I tell people, coaching is like a symphony. And sometimes, you know, yeah. you, need to, you know, change the first yeah. chair, but you know, it's, a, it's, it's, you got it's, a, there's a rhythm to it. And if you don't let them, yeah. when you don't lose and going back to one thing you said earlier about, um, about uh, working on uh, situations and stuff. Again, that's something I didn't do as a young coach for everyone that's listening. And then about, I don't know, probably my fifth year, I started, I mean, I don't know, we probably lost a close game or something. I, I have a stack of note cards about four inches long. And every time I was sitting somewhere, I would think of a situation. I put it in that pile. I still have it. I still have it somewhere. It's probably in my coaching bag. But, and then we'd come to practice and I'd tell my assistant, hey, go grab four note cards. I don't care what they are. And we don't, or here's the situation. And it's just an easy way to kind of throw it in. The kids love it because it's kind of Great like, way to do it. Yeah. Great um, way to do it. Yeah. Because you got to prepare yourself too. It's more about me. Like I got to be in that situation too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I, I laugh when I, I look, watch TV games and they show a coach a timeout, you know, he's drawn up a play and the announcer says, Oh, this is a play he's drawn up and going on the court. They ran that play. Well, don't kid yourself. They run that play a hundred times in practice. It's not like you just, you know, it's not like they just, right. just coach, drew it up. Coach Ryan was great at that. I watched so many Coach Ryan class, yeah. classes and his last 30 minutes were situational. It's like, I, and, and what I took away is like, I tell you, you know, we'd have a, something like a quick hit or a situation game uh, and something at the end of the game, we call it like win or something like that. And I'd call it out. They would know exactly what to yeah. do. Me yeah. diagramming it is just yeah. reinforcing it. <laughs> it's, yeah. You, know, you, you raise another good point is uh, young coaches. I think you asked what I would do, do more of or change as a young coach. You know, terminology is, is huge. Yeah. And so you, you you talked about all right. We're going to run wind. So now everybody knows what that is. Right. You know, and I don't think we did that very well later on. And even coaching the international game, I had. But you know, you have your terms. You know, the, the blast, the, the you know whatever it is. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know. You know. And I and, and and I and I love PGC. I think PGC runs great basketball camps. And I think um, yeah. there's 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 some great books out there. You know, the stuff players should should know is a great one. Yeah. Um, anyway, I talk about breaking windows, you know, when you get troubled, you know, there's where are you going to pass the ball? I mean, it's just, it's what you're, you have to come up with your terminology and then transfer it to the, to the, to the student athlete. Um, if you want them to learn it, you know, my guys yeah. will know what I say when I say break a window, they know, yeah, right. I got a, I got a fake above the ear and then I'm going off the hip or I'm going off the faking off the hip and going off the other ear. They know what I yeah. mean because we've already taught that. So I think that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great thing for all the coaches that are listening, you know, come up with that, those, and, and it's not like 80 terms, it's 15, no. you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. That everyone it's, right. yeah, it's really, it's really important. I think, and that makes your, that makes your kid, and that's part of teaching the game, you know, uh, I think as you, as you develop those terms uh, that the kids know, because a lot of kids don't know what, you know, terminology or, right. you, know, you have to make it, make them, uh, understand what your terminology is yeah. yeah so what do you think's been the biggest change in basketball in the last 15 20 years well obviously three-point line has been huge you know some yeah. of the rule changes have been huge 
for basketball, the three-point line. I think that's changed the game tremendously. And by the way, uh, you're, you're from Wisconsin, you'd appreciate this, but your neighboring state of Iowa uh, was the first high school, uh, the first state uh, in the country to put in a three-point line. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's been, you know, those, those real changes. You know, I wish we'd go uh, – I wish high school had the shot clock. I think it's uh It's common, I think. I think it's common. I, I, too. I think it's it's really, you know, when I go watch games without a shot clock, it's it, the, the flow isn't quite there. It, the, it, I think the money, I think there's several issues, but I think money is definitely an issue. And I think getting someone yeah. to run it, it it's not yeah. a thing to run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can't have a, you know, you can't have a junior seventh grader trying to run a shot clock during right. varsity. And the thing is, you can't put the shot clock in the corner on the floor where grandma's going to stand in front of it either. It's got to be mounted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of issues with that. But uh, hopefully, I think that's one of the things that, at least at the high school level, I'm not, I'm not saying it needs to be at right. you know, your youth level, but at least the high school level. Uh, so that, I think those the rules have obviously been a game changer. I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think also what's affected the game a lot is, is the social media that kids are on? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not going to get away from it. Uh, they're, nope. you know, and, and, and it's going to be part of it. So I think, again, coaches have to kind of embrace that aspect. I think that's it. a great point. And, and I've talked to a lot of coaches, and no one's brought, this is, again, one of my secret sauces is my brother told me this. He says, because he has older kids that are older than me, he says, you can fight it or you can learn it and, and understand yeah. it. And, yep. you know, I, I, the last time I called one of my players to tell him something, you know, <laughs> on a, I, 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 I text them, I remind them, I tweet them, yeah. I do something to get their attention because that's where they are. <laughs> yeah. And then when we can see face, when we, when we need to talk face to face, obviously in school or practice, we can, but yeah. we have to, we have to be, you know, people used to go to school and horse and buggies, things change, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can we can fight it or we can join it kind of thing. Exactly. Um, it, it's it's going to be here regardless. So we yes. better join it. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I was an interesting side and nothing to do with basketball, but my son's, uh, my son's 15 and he's starting to do his driver's ed. And I, and I turned to him as I'm driving him yesterday, I said, Drew, you might be the last generation to go get their driver's license, you know, as a rite of passage. And he goes, what do you mean, dad? I go, well, with all the driverless cars and stuff, you guys might be the last generation that this is a big deal. You know, in 20 years, people might not be driving cars. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little fast, but eventually that's going to happen where the rite of passage of getting a driver's license is not going to be there. It was an interesting conversation. So rapid fire, let's do some rapid fire questions. Um, okay. what's, your, what's your favorite basketball? Favorite basketball team? Favorite basketball, like basketball, physical basketball that you put in a hoop, like Spalding, Wilson, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, I would say I would say Spalding. Okay. Um, I like the. You know, I like the. You know, I like the international balls because it's got that line on it. And you can tell if the rotation's right. right. You know, we. You know, and, and Molten makes those. What I mean, what is you know, Molten doesn't make any basketballs other than international. I think They're right in volleyballs, but uh, th those those give a very good feel, a shooter's feel. I think our kids, you get used to it a little bit, and they like the international basketball because of this. The small panels that are weaved into it, yeah, right, and and it's and, and it's that and it's that that line too is so helpful. But yeah, I, yeah. they make good volleyballs too. Let me tell you, yeah, um, yeah. 
from a volleyball <laughs> coach. Um, one word to describe your ideal player. Uh, passion. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, heart, passion. I love that. Um, yeah. If you could go to one sporting event in the world, if I could buy you a ticket to one sporting event in the world, what would it be? Game seven of an NBA final. Ooh, I, no one has said that. And you know, no one has said the Masters either. I thought somebody would have said the Masters, but that's a good one. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite pregame meal? Probably my favorite pregame meal would be, uh, I love steak. Okay, so a good steak. Meal. Good steak, yeah. You know, you know, I tell steak. Yep. And post game too. Yeah. <laughs> what I tell people is that uh, my, my favorite pregame meal is sitting down with my, yeah, having a steak and sitting with my staff and just talking. Yeah. Nothing yeah. better. Nothing better. Yeah. Just talking basketball. Well, it's one thing you do to relax. Uh, you know, I, I, I do like to, I mean, I, I obviously watch sporting events, uh, just kind of come home, chill out, watch the sporting event, whether it be uh, golf. I like to watch golf. Uh, I don't play that much, but <laughs> college football. I love college football. Oh yeah. You know, so I think that's, that's probably what I do to chill out. Uh, I try and, I try and read uh, a good book. Uh, so I'm always into a book, whether I it might right. take me a month to finish it, but yeah. I'm always trying to get into, into a decent book. So. Hey, what I have found too, and this is not a plug for audible, but what I have found is two things. As I get older, I fall asleep more when I'm reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I do, I'm so busy that when I'm traveling, that's when I can do my, you know, I do the audible book. So at least I can listen to it. Um, yeah. You know, you don't necessarily have to sit down and find that time to read it. You know, maybe yeah. if I'm out for a walk or I'm running or I'm traveling, I can do that. Um, yeah. This is going to be a really hard one. The next one, the yeah. best player you have seen in person. Best player I've seen in person. Well, I mean, I go back to Larry Bird. I would say he's probably the best player I've seen in person. You know, I did, I've never worked with him, but I saw him in person, played several games, and you know, one of the one, you know, you always, we always have bucket lists. So right. one of my one of my bucket lists was to see the old Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics play in the old Garden versus the Lakers. Games. Yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah. hundred degrees outside, and uh, uh, so I, I'd say Larry Bird is probably one of my favorites that I've seen play. Okay, and then who? And then who? Who do you times. think the best player of all time is? Say that again. Say, who do you think the best player of all time is? Not necessarily who you've oh. seen. Yeah, boy. I mean, you know, you got to go to Jordan. Yeah. Uh, to start with, he just he could do so many things so well, um, you know. And I think as he, you know, as he aged, he got better. You know, he was not a great player in in he in high school. He was a good, very good player, and probably more toward the elite end, but he was not, he made himself a great player as his career went on. Right. Uh, he, you know, he never, he never rested his laurels. He, he was uh, one of those guys who, and I've had the opportunity to, you know, work, uh, to work with him some. And, um, you know, with the exception of LeBron, with the exception of LeBron, you look at even Steph Curry, you look at Westbrook, you look at these guys, they were not, you know, the number one ranked kid when they were no. out and they worked. <laughs> it's a prime yeah. example for people listening. Yeah, and, you know, St Steph Curry wasn't even hardly recruited. Right. You know, Bob, Bob McKelva Davison gave him a scholarship and he, you know, that was that's a great story. You know, another another really good story. We had LeBron out here at our festival. We, we used to have a run of festivals right. before we started national teams, north, south, east, west festivals and uh after LeBron's sophomore year, he was really under the radar. He wasn't, he wasn't very much a, a name at that time. And 
one of the coaches that coached in Ohio said, you know what, we got a kid out here that's pretty darn good as a sophomore. We, he, we think we should invite him out to our festival as a junior. And uh, it was LeBron James. James. And he, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, so. he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> he's pretty good. Uh, we did talk. Yeah. All right. What's the, what's the best game you have seen in person? Best game I've seen in person? Yes. Probably the Villanova's win at the Final Four. Oh, uh, really? In 80? Yeah. What would that have been? 80? No, that had been this past Madness game. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's one I kind of keep going back to. I think that's probably better than some of the – I mean, I've seen a lot of really good games, but that might be the, the best. Um, what's one book you'd recommend someone read? Uh, Jay Billis's Toughness. Yeah, I love uh, that book. I love that book. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, he just, he, he tells, he's got great examples. In fact, we had our team read that book. I got that book for our team a couple of years ago on our team. We, we read the book and then we, we did some team stuff from that book uh, as well. So it was a good, really good learning experience. Well, thank you for being on in this early morning with me, coach. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's awesome. I, I love, I love talking basketball and, uh, you know, we, we, we're kind of all, you know, us basketball junkies, uh, <laughs> we could talk, we could talk it forever. Uh, I love talking the game and, and just getting other, other viewpoints. And I think you, you had some great points about improving the games. And, uh, I think we, we throw ideas out at each other. I think that's what, that's what basketball is about as well. It is. Well, thank you for, thank you for being on. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for, for what you're doing for our country and for youth basketball, you know, um, yeah, we appreciate it. And I think it's, uh, it's going to help not only the kids in, in basketball, but in life. So we really appreciate that. Thank you, coach. Hey coach. I hope you enjoyed that. If you did make sure you leave a review. We really do love those written reviews. Those five-star ones are the best one stars. You can forget to do it. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Not only is it resources and handouts and videos, it's a little bit of everything for a coach that wants to get better. So go over and check it out. Also, down below, um, am, click our Amazon link, and uh, that helps us uh, with our hosting fees. I think little, the little things that come up with running a podcast.
Hey, Coach, I hope you enjoyed that. Make sure you subscribe and like, leave a written review. We would love those. Also, I would ask that you go down and think about joining teachhoops.com. I know you've been thinking about it. It's like, oh, should I do it? It's a lot of money. It's like, trust me, it will pay for itself. I would not, I, you know, I have partners I have to pay, but it is worth every penny. So go over and check it out. Um, and then if you're going to do any shopping, click that Amazon link down below. Sports Social Podcast Network.